0: We are live, Uh, welcome back guys. Sorry we missed a show last Friday um, and over the weekend and we almost didn't do one today. I was feeling a little under the weather, Um, still am, but we figured, you know, there's a lot of news to hit and we're just gonna go ahead and hit it. So, um, you know, dive right in. I'm going to talk about something that happened here locally because it really bothered me. Um, you could see here this young lady, Julian Ludwig. She was an 18 year old kid at Belmont University here in Middle Tennessee and Nashville specifically, but she, uh, she died last week after being shot by a monster who had previously been deemed incompetent to stand trial. Yet, what did the DA here in Nashville do? He put him right back on the street, okay? He put him right back on the street where he killed this girl. This deranged killer previously shot at a woman and her two kids, totally separate case. The Nashville DA, Glenn Funk, remember that name, Glenn Funk, released him as quote, unfit for trial. Then that man went on to carjack somebody. He only had to get a $20,000 bond covered, which he did, and then he was released again. Now an 18 year old girl is dead because of Democrat policies. Plain and simple. She would be alive today if that man had been held responsible for what he did in the first place. This girl that you see on screen, she would be alive. Her family would not be grieving her loss. A young girl full of promise, full of opportunity, limitless potential is no longer with us because of Democrat policies that allowed this man, that you now see on screen, to be out on the streets. That's Democrat policy in action, taking lives. It can't be ignored. You look at this guy's case, he has violent crimes going all the way back to 2010 when he was still a minor. There could be even more that's classified due to age. And again, 2021, he was arrested for shooting at a woman and her two children who were sitting in their car. This young girl that was killed here, she was simply on the track. She, was, she didn't know this guy. She wasn't in an altercation. She was shot and killed for no reason. Just an innocent young girl trying to, to chase her dreams here in Nashville inexcusable, and let me just say, we have a fantastic state. Tennessee is an amazing state, but in these cities where Democrats have elected these far left DAs, we have a problem, and Tennessee's not alone. This is every state, every state with a blue city where the Democrats are electing these mindless trash DAs. I don't have any, I'm trying to think of words that I can use without these platforms getting upset, okay? I'm trying to think of language we can use among polite society, but there's very little you can use to describe these DAs. It is monstrous what they're doing. This is just one victim of many. If I was putting up slides of all the victims there have been, lives lost, women raped, people kidnapped because of Democrat policies, we would be here all month just going through slides. And maybe we need to do that to drive the point home. Maybe we need to do a month long stream where I just take breaks to go to the bathroom and I'll eat here at the table and we just go through slides of everybody that's been killed because of Democrat policies. And then maybe it'll sink through some of those people's heads. The people you're voting for do not make you more tolerant. They don't make you more virtuous. They make you an accomplice to murder, okay? This girl would be alive today if the voters had chosen differently in terms of who their DA was. Because if, if this man was in prison, this girl would be alive. I can't stress that enough. And it's worth stressing, she has a family that will never see her again. And that's just not right. There's no excuse for it. You know, speaking of things there's no excuse for, there's this other story that cropped up over the weekend. Okay? It turns out that photo, quote, journalists, photojournalists for AP, Router, CNN, a freelancer named Hassan Eslia has been with Hamas, was with them during attacks. Okay? And there were other, quote, photojournalists with Hamas when they carried out their initial attack on Israel. Okay? So here's a video, I'm gonna play a video in a second here. This is a video of Hassan, who's supposed to be a freelance journalist from major Western outlets. And I think the question here, asked by this, this gentleman, Amit Siegel, is apt. He asked, why was this photojournalist on a motorbike with a grenade on his way to a massacre of women and children, women and babies? Is a grenade part of the equipment you provide? That's what he asked these mainstream journalists. You know, let, let's take a look at the video. مسلحين am نشاهد؟ Muslim. عشرات الكيلوات، a الكيلوات مواطنين am a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. I'm a So AP, CNN, routers, all the mainstream media outlets that have used photojournalists like this man here, I have a question. Are grenades standard issue? Do you you give them out with laptops and cell phones and cameras? Where exactly does a grenade fit in on the landscape of a credible journalist? Because here's the thing, these mainstream outlets are parroting the talking points of journalists who are in these areas, quote, journalists journalists who have embedded themselves with hamas journalists like this this is hassan again an ap and cnn contributor taking a selfie and being kissed by Yahya sinwar the head of hamas in gaza and an architect of the slaughter that happened in october look at that i mean i don't know if i need to zoom in further so you can see these look like really good buds Let's let's go camera three so people can see this. These guys look like close friends to me. Okay, I don't know about you, but you know when I think journalism, I don't think journalists getting kissed by terrorists while smiling. That's not that's not usually the first thing that pops in my head. That's just me. I I don't you know. Um, And, you know, it's worth reminding y'all that the AP, as Libs of TikTok pointed out, shared an office space with Hamas and then pretended they had no idea. That's right. Over there in Gaza, they shared an office space with Hamas, the AP. Now they're denying that their journalist had any prior knowledge of a Hamas attack, despite pictures of him with Hamas infiltrating Israel. I want you guys to think about that, really think about it. I mean, however much, this is sort of the thing I keep going back to, however much you think you should hate the mainstream media, you're gonna need to multiply it by at least 1,000 because it is much worse, it's just like DC, so much more corrupt than you can imagine. That is our media. I mean, in a nutshell right there, they are parroting things. And look, this isn't me saying that, Oh, Israel can do no wrong. I have said from the very beginning, I support Israel's right to go after Hamas, dismantle them, and destroy them, okay? I do not support going overboard and killing civilians who don't need to be killed because I've always come from the operating procedure that, hey, if you're going to tackle terrorism, you need to ensure you're not creating more terrorists, okay? So how do you do that? Make sure that your killing is not so indiscriminate that the children of innocent people, then cast blame on you and turn into terrorists themselves. And then you create such a large scale problem. I mean, you're going to be dealing with for decades, decades and decades. So, yes, I would disagree with going overboard in any regard. But much of what you're seeing happen over there is the dismantling and destruction of Hamas. Hamas also makes this more complicated by hiding in civilian areas and areas that should never be part of a war like hospitals, which has been in extensively documented. Okay? Nobody who is being an honest person is denying that Hamas uses places like hospitals and schools to hold up weapons and plans and soldiers. This is who they are because they don't care about innocent life. Again. You know, maybe I'll, I'll grab this video and bring it in on the next show this week. There's a video that is really instructive as to the mindset of Hamas. And in this video, I will bring it, I'll bring it tomorrow. This video essentially, it's an interview at a, an outdoor, you know, sort of, I guess you'd call it a rally or a parade of some kind uh, for Hamas. And a journalist is asking adult Hamas members about what they want for their children. And in some of those questions are things like, if your daughter decides to become a suicide bomber and wants to do that, how would you feel? And these parents aren't saying, well, you know, I support suicide bombing, but not, not my daughter. They're saying we'd be so proud of her. We would help her and assist her in any way. This would be for the honor and glory of our people and Hamas and, and, and you know, their religion. That is not normal. That is not a normal mindset to have. And people need to understand that, that that should inform the way you think about what Hamas is willing to do to their own people, okay? So, you know, you can work backwards from there as to what they would be willing to do. I wanna bring this up as long as we're on the topic. Um, I'm gonna to play a video for you. This, some context for this video I'm about to play. This video is going viral because anti-Israel accounts are saying that Israel is so evil, they even bombed a humanitarian truck filled with water bottles. Okay, so I'm going to play the video for you, and then we'll have a discussion. All right, so you know what you didn't see there? You didn't see a blast radius. You saw fully intact water bottles, okay? Fully intact water bottles, no blast around, no smoldering anything, no fire, no destruction. You saw a bunch of water bottles that had fallen onto the ground, okay? So I don't know what happened. I don't know if they tipped over boxes or if, if a truck just dropped them out of the load, but I can tell you this, that's not a bomb. If you bombed a bunch of water bottles, they would be destroyed. And you may have seen in that video, there's actually somebody drinking one of the water bottles. Clearly, there's not some major bombing scene that happened there, okay? Despite corrections to this report and people asking some very good questions, like we are now, hey, where's the smoldering anything? Where are the fires? Where is the evidence of a blast? Where is any sort of evidence of a bombing? you know these people had the this video and their posts go so viral we're talking tens of millions of views across all different social media apps and that has a real effect. and people might go "Oh, well it's just a video going viral on social media this is what shapes the narrative about wars and about people is what you can make people believe and unfortunately a good number of young people are believing this to be the case and this is what people need to understand As much as you'd like to just say, oh, this other side, they're radical, they're crazy. The truth is, is there's some very young impressionable people who are being pulled into believing that somebody would do this. And if you're operating from the point where you truly believe that a country is bombing schools indiscriminately to kill school children and you believe that they are bombing humanitarian trucks on purpose and refugee camps on purpose to strictly kill innocent people, of course you're gonna think that's monstrous. But that is what, again, this goes back to the media, the same media that takes their reports from guys like this who are sitting there literally getting kissed by the leader of Hamas but the journalist paints this picture okay they paint this picture young person believes it and then they go out on the streets and they do crazy things and we've seen that over the past few weeks the crazy things people are willing to do um you know i I hate to just have a ton of bad news but the next story this is probably the story that I'm most upset about. This young girl, Indy Gregory, has died, not because, not because it was her time, exactly, okay? But because people in power in England sentenced her to death. That's right. People in power in England sentenced this baby, Indy Gregory, to death. How does that happen? How does it happen in a system of socialized healthcare? It happens more easily than one might think. This girl was on life support. The life support was due to be removed and a British court ruled that a hospital can remove it over her parents' objections despite the fact that a Vatican Children's Hospital offered to care for the baby. Redheaded libertarian was absolutely right to call the people demons who played God and ordered her execution in spite of this. I want you to think about this. A little girl, a defenseless baby, was on life support. Her parents are scared. They're being told that their baby's going to die, and they get a phone call, a phone call of hope. A hospital in Italy will take her, and they will fight for her life. The parents get that little bit of joy, that little bit of hope, something to hang their hat on. And they they go to work through it all. They go to, how can we get her there? Only to have the government say, no, you have no rights here. You can't decide what's best for your child. In our socialized healthcare system, we will be the judge and jury, the arbiters of deciding whether she gets to live or die. And we've chosen that she doesn't get to live. She's going to die. She is going to be executed because apparently her life was not worthwhile enough. Even more frustrating must be to know that they made an exception for a similar case for religious reasons for an Islamic family. But not for little Indy. Her life was not worth it. It did not matter enough to these decision makers in England. Her life support was pooled, and now she's dead. These are her parents. They fought valiantly for her life. She fought valiantly even after life support was pooled. She tried to breathe on her own. She tried to fight, but she couldn't do it. With the, with the help of the hospital in Italy, she very well and likely would be alive today. She would have had a fighting chance. But these people in England decided that these parents, their daughter was going to die. That should never be in the hands of the government to decide. Never. Never, ever, ever for any reason. And I don't understand what these people in England are doing. I really don't. I can tell you this, the very next piece of news I saw was in alignment with this woke craziness. In the UK, cops also this weekend showed up at a woman's door to interrogate her for writing on X, formerly Twitter, that, quote, trans women are men and calling out the mutilation of children. This is a transcript of the interrogation. I'll just read you a little bit of it okay officer informs them that they're recording the interview suspect acknowledges this and they say okay do you use the social media platform x and the suspect says, no comment it goes on with a lot of like you know information style questions about what is your account what do you tweet you know blah 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 and then the officer begins to ask look at this series of tweets here's these exhibits it says he him in the bio Um, and you disregarded this, what did you mean by this? And they show another one that says, just your daily reminder that trans women are men. And the officer asks, what did you mean by this? And the officer says, don't you think this could be offensive or a cause for alarm for anyone or distress? Suspect's still saying no comment. I hate even calling her a suspect, but that's what the transcript says. And another one, it's the LGB, and they cut off the TQ and the officer says, what did you mean by this? Again, no comment. Another tweet that says, this period of time where people are mutilating children will be looked back in history with disgust. I'll be able to say that I never agreed with this. Officer says, what did you mean by that? Again, no comment. Don't you think that could be seen as offensive? And they continue. Another tweet says, anyone not getting their notifications to which this person answered, none, none of them. They're shadow banned for saying that trans women are men. Again, no comment from the quote, suspect. The officer shows another one saying, reality is transphobic. You retweeted this, a retweet. Again, no comment from the quote, suspect. This goes on and on. This is England. Execution for innocent babies whose parents are pro-life and want to fight for them, want to give them a chance to live, they execute that baby. They say, no, it doesn't matter that a hospital in Italy is willing to fight for your life. We have chosen that your life is not valuable enough to fight for. And then simultaneously, we're going to send our police force to go question a woman who doesn't want a man who's mentally ill in the bathroom with her, changing with her, or changing with her daughter. And we're going to go question her to see if maybe what she said about the trans agenda online is offensive in a criminal way. And use the full force of the state to try to scare her into silence. That is the UK now. You know, and I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the reality that we find ourselves in. You know, another, another quick changing reality moment people should be aware of is the fact that the Pope, you know, I don't want anybody to be giving the Pope any credit in that situation, by the way, just because a hospital in Italy near the Vatican was willing to take this girl. The Pope has his own set of problems to report on from this weekend. The Pope has dismissed Bishop Strickland from Texas, who's a prominent conservative bishop, a pro-life bishop, because he dared to criticize the papacy, okay? He dared to criticize the pope. I think it might have something to do with this. He's not afraid to involve anybody in religion. He's not afraid to do an event where he prays and celebrates and consecrates a saint with somebody like General Flynn. That's what they really had a problem with at the Vatican. That's what really upset them, is that in any sort of outward way, you have a religious figure that people are flocking to in Texas. One of the amazing stories about this guy, look, I'm not Catholic. I was raised Catholic, but I can tell you, I knew of this bishop. You know why I knew of this bishop? Because hundreds of families had moved to the part of Texas where he was because he had had such an impact on their life. They they uprooted their family and moved to Texas to have him in their life. That's the type of person that every church needs more of. Okay? But instead the Pope removed him. The Pope investigated and removed him while at the same time The Vatican, the Pope, says that transsexuals can be baptized and serve as godparents. That's the church of Pope Francis, apparently. Unthinkable in any other time of Catholicism. And to be perfectly honest with you, you know, my own sort of faith journey, being raised Catholic, a lot of what pushed me away was this agenda from certain Jesuit Marxist priests, and that's the root of what Francis is. He's, he's part of that sort of Marxist-Jesuit um, direction of the church. And those folks had been taking over slowly but surely here. And, you know, for my own kids, I want them to have a real deep sort of underpinning of a warrior mentality for, for their God, for religion, for Jesus. And I didn't feel like we were going to get that. Um, any place but the church we ended up. and so for me, that was where we ended up. but I have you know a lot of a lot of friends who are Catholic and they all have this same complaint. is this Pope is not acting Catholic in any way? You know, you would think a pope should probably act kind of Catholic and he doesn't. Everything he does is about politics and not just not just politics to try to intertwine with religion the way it should be, because politics should be a part of religion. He's doing politics for the sake of politics, for advancing leftism, not for advancing a church ideal. He is doing it while negating the ideals of the church. He is cutting away at any conservatism in the Catholic church and trying to replace it with wokeness. That is what Pope Francis has done, and it's why he got rid of Bishop Strickland in Texas, because he, was somebody who respected the practice of the Latin Mass, somebody who respected conservative values, is very outwardly pro-life, and would push back when the Pope was doing things that were out of alignment with the Catholic faith. You know, the most dangerous thing you can be to the left right now is somebody who is willing to use your voice and step out of line. And this ties into the next story we're going to go into, which is what the FBI was doing. Because the FBI, similarly, is retaliating against people who do not fit their narrative, who are outwardly outspoken or who are whistleblowers. So the FBI singled out agents who were former military and they were conservatives. You can see here in this story by Carrie Pickett at The Washington Times, And the FBI tried to get her to pull this story, by the way, because it was not popular when this came out on Veterans Day. Whistleblowers have stepped forward to tell Congress that high-ranking FBI officials are targeting agents for their political beliefs and trying to force them out of the Bureau, specifically going after former military members. The Marine Corps and other military veterans at the FBI are being accused of being disloyal to the U.S. because they fit the profile of a supporter of President Donald J. Trump, according to two new disclosures sent to lawmakers on the House Judiciary Committee. The Washington Times obtained copies of those disclosures. The whistleblower said that the FBI Security Division, Deputy Assistant Director Jeffrey Veltry and Assistant Section Chief Dana Perkins specifically went after Bureau employees who served as Marines or in other military branches. They retaliated against the agents by stripping them of security clearance, which sidelines them on the job and pushes them toward the exit, according to these disclosures. The whistleblower disclosures charge that Mr. Vetri and Ms. Perkins either declared or attempted to declare the Marine or other veterans as, quote, disloyal to the United States of America. In these cases, there was no indication that any of the individuals had any affiliation to a foreign power or held any belief against the United States. And here's a key point to understand this, okay? because I said this from the very beginning of COVID mandates. I said these are a political litmus test. These are a way to strain out people who have beliefs that the Biden administration and Democrats do not want in government. It was the one of the very big points about the mandates the democrats loved is it was going to help them identify and root out anybody who had an ideology that they disagreed with because those are the people that pose a threat to you consolidating power so that's exactly what you see happening here miss perkins and mr veltri also considered not wearing masks refusing to take the covid vaccine and participating in religious activities is showing that an employee was a, quote, right-wing radical and disloyal to the United States. Okay, so very clearly this is the political targeting of individuals over their political beliefs. This is what the FBI is, which which poses another question. What do you do to the FBI? 2024 comes, you have a Republican president, let's hope and pray, okay? Looks like it would be Donald Trump. What do you do to the FBI? And my argument is, you know, trying to cut off the head of a snake is only gonna produce more snake heads. You're just gonna have two more grow where one was before. Fighting for power, showing their strength in different ways. I think what you actually have to do is dismantle the top shelf of the FBI entirely. A clean sweep. They all have to go. You could even toy around with the idea of dismantling the FBI altogether and you move the good agents that are, you know, the the lower rungs of the FBI who are doing really I hate even calling it lower rungs because they're the more impressive people. They're the ones who are doing the real investigations into like, you know, child trafficking rings and things like that. Those people could be rerouted to other federal agencies under different jurisdictions, maybe under US Marshals or something like that. There's there's plenty of different good cohesive ideas where you could reroute these people to different agencies, get rid of the FBI in total and really build in some accountability with the new system. But if you kept the FBI together and you did it that way, the entire top floor needs to be gutted. They all have to go and be fired. And when I say gutted, I mean fired, okay? I know some people are gonna go crazy. It means fired. Those folks need to be fired and replaced with people who love this country. And then we need to move the FBI, okay? The headquarters cannot be in Washington, D.C. For various reasons, you know, but I think, I think some good points were made when it came to, you know, uh, an issue with the new headquarters. Because if you didn't know, Congress just passed a bill rewarding the FBI with a $300 million headquarters in Maryland, okay, just, just near D.C. This is the same FBI that has been aggressively targeting Trump supporters while protecting the Biden crime family, this is a tweet from Colin Rugg. Republicans, who oftentimes like to pretend that they want to reform the FBI, decided to take a break from the false outrage and reward the corrupt bureau. That's 70 House Republicans that voted in favor of rewarding the FBI. Of course, all the Democrats did. But 70 House Republicans joined them to make sure this passed, to hand the FBI $300 million. And you know what's interesting? Very interesting point that Mike Cernovich pointed out, okay? That there was actually a big story just the day before this vote about a high-profile raid of a brothel involving DC elites, involving politicians and people within the administrative state and things like that, okay? Very next day, they have a vote on the headquarters of the FBI. Do you think that that is a coincidence? I, I can't tell you for sure, but I can tell you it's weird. It's very weird because as Cernovich notes, in New York City, LA, Seattle, Oakland, they have Literal streetwalkers, okay? So you've got prostitutes on the corners of a bunch of different streets here in America, and you don't see the FBI raiding those streets. You don't see it happening. But what does the FBI do? They raid this, quote, high-profile brothel where they have politicians as clients. And the very next day, they take a vote on a new headquarters. And they get a shocking number of 70 Republican House votes to pass this bill so that they can get their new headquarters that is going to be larger than the Pentagon, okay? Actually correct myself, this vote was the same day. So the news story comes out in the morning, vote happens later in the day, 70 House Republicans voted to give the FBI $300 million to build a new headquarter larger than the Pentagon. I just have to say it again and again because it sounds insane given everything that we know. And I guarantee you these 70 have fundraised off of the idea that the FBI has acted corruptly. I can guarantee you their fundraising arm has done that. They probably don't know because they do very little of that stuff. But I bet that they, you know what, I bet they have actually. I bet they have done news hits about this very thing. Because I get asked to do news hits about the FBI. So I'm sure members of Congress are being asked, okay? And and this... This is, this is the FBI. I mean, there's no better way to describe them than this story. There's really not. That's what the FBI has become. And that is entirely a reflection of the leadership of the FBI, not the agents doing investigatory work, okay? There's tons of good ones who are fighting the good fight that want to do the right thing, but there are some really corrupt individuals. And having the FBI in D.C. is a massive part of the problem. Anywhere near D.C. They should be so far away from D.C., it's not even funny okay they need to be in real america okay outside of the political bubble of dc where it's 90% democrat okay because i want everybody to remember this all of these agencies that are all headquartered in dc they're staffing from a city that is about 90% democrat okay what do you think you're going to get you're going to get weaponized agencies that hate republicans in america do you think for a second, for one second, Democrats would stand for every agency in the country being in a red, a red county in a red state where about 90% of the voters were Republican? Do you think they would stand for that for one second? Democrats would go crazy if we did the same thing and stuck every agency involving the government in counties where you had massive swaths of voters who were republican and just a tiny tiny bit who were democrats they'd lose their minds they would never allow this and you know what shame on us shame on our party shame on our politicians shame on the party apparatus that has allowed this it should have never been allowed we should have never allowed the government to grow to this place. We should have never allowed these agencies to all be headquartered in this incestuous circle in DC where the money changes hands. Here's the thing, we're talking about in that area of political power. These are the richest places in America and they produce nothing but lies and corruption. They're not a manufacturing hub. They don't make some cool battery or something. They, they, don't, they don't make anything worth anything. They produce corruption, they produce wars, they produce strife and division in our country, and yet we're talking about some of the richest places in our entire country? Where is that money coming from? Well, I think it's pretty clear. It is coming from our pockets, and these corrupt people think they can get away with it forever, that's the truth. That's where we really are. In fact, a good example of this, I wanna show you a tweet. This is from November 3rd, 2020. This is a tweet from me where I said, this is third world country BS. Do not leave your ballot with anyone who says they will scan it for you unless you have no other choice. Stay and make sure your vote is counted to stop the steal. And this was a retweet of a video where election workers were claiming the voter machines were down in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and workers told voters that they could fill out a ballot and to leave it with them, they'll scan it later, okay? Why am I showing you this tweet? Because I recently was informed that this was one of many tweets of mine, many posts of mine across social media that the US government tried to have censored during the election. This tweet was attached to an EIP ticket. Specifically, the EIP was the third-party arm being used by DHS, CISA, and other government agencies to try to shut down American citizens. They did it under the idea that this was misinformation, okay? Not that this didn't happen in Scranton, Pennsylvania, but that my tweet was disinformation of some kind, okay? Read that tweet It is, number one, my opinion. I am stating and asserting. The only thing I'm asserting as fact is that this is third world country BS, which it is. But that's still an opinion. This is all protected speech. There is nothing about this that is not free speech. The government has no right to try to request that this type of thing be shut down. I am saying something any sane person would say. Stick around until your vote is counted. Make sure that you have seen it scanned through. I do that every year. It should not be a problem, okay? That is how corrupt our government is, down to a micro level of trying to silence a citizen for trying to encourage people to number one, vote, but number two, stay and make sure your vote is counted, okay? I want you to really Think about that, that's where we are. And, you know, at the same time, don't miss what's going on in left, left, left-wing media, okay? You can't miss that. I intentionally keep my eye on what they are saying in left-wing media because I want to understand how they are priming their audience for things in the future. And I'm seeing things like this. This headline from The Nation says, military affiliation is today The single strongest predictor of extremist mass violence in America, okay, which, let's be very real, okay, the largest mass violence in America is taking place through gang violence in Democrat-run cities, okay, and I don't think they want to talk about the single strongest predictor of that crime. This is all made up. What this is is priming an audience for purging conservatives out of the military under the guise that they're extremists. We're already seeing it happen in that story I showed you earlier via the FBI. They have been priming this. In fact, when Lloyd Austin came into power at the DOD, he immediately named somebody to work on this very issue to root out, quote, extremism. And you know what they focused on? They focused on people with right-wing beliefs, okay? This is all priming the left to not just accept this, but to cheer for it, which is why I don't mind when the left boos in my direction because I have seen what makes them cheer. And frankly, it's disgusting and it's evil. So I don't want their cheers. I'm happy to have their booze, and you should be too, because what they're priming for is horrific, you know, and while all this is going on, I just, I've got to stop for a funny story, okay? Dwayne Johnson, better known as The Rock, says that political parties both came to him and asked if he could run for president and showed data proving he would be a contender. It was one after the other, he said. To be clear, what he's talking about is saying that the Democratic Party and the Republican Party came to him separately, one after the other, to see if he would run for president, okay? And that is so on the nose of politics that I actually believe him. I believe that they did that because that is both parties in a nutshell they want an actor to be a puppet that they control so that they can continue this uniparty disaster that has forsaken our country so yeah it fits i mean that totally fits there's nothing about that that's surprising to me but you know what i think they're going to be surprised I think the elite who are trying to do things like this are going to be surprised. And you know, as much as Trump has faults, he has become a vessel and a vehicle for how angry people are at the elite, how angry they are at the government, because, you know, at least they know he's different, even if they disagree with certain things about him or they find him brash or or offensive at times. It's not all this cold, calculated BS. To steal from us and our children. It's not all some horrific plot to just completely root out every semblance of the greatness our founders built this country to be. Okay? So, I think they'll be surprised if they get somebody like this in the race. I think they're gonna be very surprised to find the voters are not quite as ready as their focus groups and their polls told them they were for a rock to be president, but it does fit. They want somebody who's about as dumb as a rock and about as animated as one too. I mean, if we're judging by Joe Biden, they want somebody they can control. You know, and so, so there's your guy, find him in Hollywood, somebody people are already desensitized to, they're used to, they know their names, you know, and they can just read them the lines and try to make them happy. And, and there will be a portion of society that they deliver on that, that promise that, that the Democrats are hoping for, which is that they'll fall into line. And it's not just the, the Democrats. We're talking about old school, you know, sort of the old guard of the Republican Party the Mitt Romneys and John McCain's, they would love that same thing. Somebody like that, you know, cast them as this like center, you know, middle ground person when in reality, they're going to staff the government up to root out everything, every last little bit of integrity we have in our country to weaponize every agency. You know, they're already working on it. This is about consolidating what they're already doing. And meanwhile, you know, we talked about these military stories earlier. I saw this and I had to laugh. Newsweek ran an article saying, the military is struggling to recruit amid an apparent disconnect with the younger generation, but it is a complex picture. Exclusive. Americans don't wanna fight for their country anymore. No, Newsweek has this wrong. It's not that Americans don't wanna fight for our country. Every good American I know would stand up for our country if our country was attacked by an enemy, if our children's lives were being threatened. We would stand up, we would fight for our country, we would fight for our families. This is our country, we will fight for it. What we don't wanna fight for is the people who took us into Iraq and Afghanistan. The people who, they don't mind purging millions of lives as long as they're making trillions of dollars. They don't mind wasting billions of ours as long as they're profiting in the end. As long as the natural resources end up in their hands. Those are the people we don't want to fight for. We don't want to fight for the elitists who have stolen everything that made our country great. That's what we don't want to fight for. So you don't need an article, you don't need an op-ed. What you need is to understand that our country is not you, it is not the government. You are not what we love, Washington DC and the politicians incited. In fact, you're everything we detest. What we would fight for is the stuff that we love that's close to us, our family, our community, our friends, our church, the people we grew up with, the people that have been there for us. Those are the people we wanna fight for. It's certainly not you people in DC who have done everything to stab us in the back. So again, when you ask the question of why more of us don't wanna fight for our country, we have your answer, it's you. It's you, it's your ideology that you push, it's the wokeness, no man, no God-fearing man with any sense of strength, wakes up in the morning and says you know what i would like to do i'd like to go sign up to be told what to do by a group of people who fundamentally hate me and then i'd like them to shove dei down my throat tell me i'm a racist tell me i'm a bigot tell me i'm a transphobe and then stick a gun in my hands and tell me to go put myself at the front lines to be shot and killed by some young man in some other country who hates me because of what these elitists have done because they killed his dad 20 years ago. And now it's a fresh new cycle of blood and we're both in the meat grinder and damn it, we're both gonna die so those rich people in DC can get a little richer. <laughs> Nothing makes sense about that, okay? Your average man wakes up, they see that and they go, yeah, you know what, I'm good, I don't, I'm not signing up for that. The propaganda doesn't work anymore. You don't control the media or the truth anymore, we do. And because we the people are in control of at least some things now, I get that the people in DC are scared and they should be. It's not gonna happen right away, but it is happening. A change is coming. The people will win, you know? And that's why you see these headlines. Because people are waking up. It starts small with this, people realizing, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to go over to some sandbox over in the Middle East and die for a group of people who fundamentally hate me and everything I love and everything I care about. That just doesn't make sense. You know now, you send a country over here to try to shoot at our homes, you'll see how willing men and women are to fight for their country, and they are willing. But this headline gets it wrong. It's not about the country. It's not the country people don't want to fight for. It's the elite in D.C. And I don't know how much clearer we can make that as a country. And you know, a good example of this, you know, just how detestable these people are can be shown in this video here, okay? I'm gonna play you a video and then we'll explain what's going on. Say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. That's true because it's true, but it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC. We've been having different conversations. That right there was Gavin Newsom admitting that they were able to clean up DC because they had some quote fancy leaders coming into town. They're telling you who they are. They hate you. They've been able to clean up these big blue cities forever. It was never a problem, they could always do it. The reality is their friends are getting contracts for supposedly cleaning up those places, but in reality, here's the deal. If you clean up those places, well, the contracts go away, then their friends aren't getting paid anymore. So why fix the problem? It's only you, the people who suffer. The elite, they've got their kids in secure schools, they've got gated communities, they've got guards. They're fine, they're safe. It's you who's gonna suffer, so why end this parade of dollar bills? Because it's filling up their friends' pockets. It's like homelessness. If they fix homelessness in California, there's all these homelessness jobs and contracts out there. We're talking ridiculous millions and millions and millions into the billions of dollars that just vanish and go away. They're no longer filling the pockets of these people who, by the way, turn around and donate to these same Democrat politicians who are handing the contracts out, okay? They didn't want to fix the problem. Now, why did they fix it? They fixed the problem because President Xi yes, of the Chinese Communist Party was coming into town. So take a look at this. This is the before and after. San Francisco finally fixed the homeless crisis. All it took was a visit from a communist dictator. Here's the before. This is just one street of many, by the way. And here's the after. When President Xi is coming in town, we should call him Daddy Xi because that's what he is to the Democrats. He's their daddy, okay? They will do anything for this man. They got got the whole place cleaned up. You know, it's like... If you have somebody like, like, you know, your grandma coming over to visit, you know, you want to make good impressions, so you clean up, you know, pretend you're in that first apartment you ever had, you know, grandma's coming over, you want to impress her, so you clean everything up, that is what they do for Daddy She. They, they don't want Daddy She to think they do a bad job, so they get it all together for him, okay, but not for you, not for the American people not for the citizens who live there, who, by the way, there's no love lost, okay? A lot of the voters in San Francisco, I could not disagree with more, okay? A lot of them have detestable politics and deserve everything they're getting because they voted for this. However, there are some good people there. There are still some conservatives who tragically live in these places. And you know what? There are children who live there. And even if they have detestable parents who vote a detestable way, they deserve to be safe. They deserve not to have homeless people leaving needles on the ground that they can step on posing a danger of violence every day as they walk to school, they deserve safety. I don't care who their parents are, okay? That should be an uncontroversial stance. We should all want children to be safe, but you know who doesn't, the Democrats in power, because if they did, the kids would be safe. They're not safe because these politicians like Gavin Newsom don't care. And again, if you need to hear it a second time, I totally understand because you might be thinking, Robbie, there's no way I must have misheard that. So let me play you the video again. Yes, it truly is. Gavin Newsom admitting that they only cleaned up because of these fancy communist leaders coming in town. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, That's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC. We've been having different conversations. Scum, just absolute scum. There's no nice way to put it. I wish there was. I wish we were living in a political world where everything was just kumbaya and we could say, you know what? We disagree on this tax rate. Well, I believe it should be 2% less. I want it to be 2% more. We don't live in that world anymore. That is not our country. People like Gavin Newsom fundamentally hate you, your family, and everything you love. And it's time you start acting like it. You know, I'm maybe in a tough love mood today. All the news out there and seeing, you know, especially that little girl being essentially executed in England, it really is eye-opening. It lets you know how close we are. We are on the precipice of that here in the United States where the state says, nope, we're overruling you, parent. We are going to have your child executed. I mean, I just fought this during COVID. I was the spokesperson for a family where the child is six months old, a baby was being denied a heart transplant because they wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. Think about that. We're on the precipice. We're not far away from the reality of Indy Gregory, who was killed in England because the government overruled her parents, who had found an Italian hospital who would fight for her life. But the English government said, you know what, no, we're good. We're pulling the plug. Like that's, we are not far from that here in our country. And people need to wake up to that fact. I mean, if that's not eye-opening enough, look at our streets in America, okay? Over the past two weeks, three weeks, you have seen the left mobilize in a way you have never mobilized. Okay, we are talking tens of thousands of people in each city hitting the streets, waving Palestinian flags, giving aid and comfort to Hamas, and look, here's the thing. Have there been innocent people who've died as a byproduct of this battle? absolutely is it horrible absolutely do i ever want to see a child hurt no no i don't there's a reality that hamas did this they chose to go into a sovereign country slaughter over a thousand people kidnap hundreds more rape women slaughter them afterward they chose this they asked to be dismantled and destroyed. And that's exactly what's happening. And I have urged Israel, my friends over there, please think about those innocent kids and do whatever you can to limit casualties. That needs to be at the forefront. However, when you look at what is going on in our world, there is very little value for life unless it's convenient and the left was willing to get out on the streets and give aid and comfort to Hamas. Because here's the thing, the whole idea of a ceasefire, when they say, call for a ceasefire now, you know, to somebody who doesn't really, you know, think things all the way through, it might actually sound good. You might be thinking, yeah, people will stop dying if there's a ceasefire, but here's the reality. I want you to imagine, because a lot of people have a, more cohesive memory of what ISIS was and has been. Okay, I want you to imagine ISIS is calling for a ceasefire after murdering 5,000 Americans. And they're like, ceasefire now, please. And you've got tens of thousands of people marching in the streets here in the United States saying, yeah, ceasefire with ISIS. Does anybody believe ISIS has good intentions in such a ceasefire? Or do they think that ISIS is just trying to buy time to regroup and plan what they're gonna do next? I would say the latter is much more likely. I don't think that they're just going, oh, you know what, actually? This experience has taught us that we were wrong the whole time. Terrorism is bad. We wanna lay down our arms and find a way toward peace. I don't think so. And I don't think that's the case with Hamas either. I don't think they've had a sudden change of heart where a ceasefire is gonna suddenly turn into a peace deal. They wanna regroup. They're getting pummeled. It hurts. It's bad, for them at least. Good for people who don't like terrorism, though. So they want that ceasefire. And you know who's helping them, the left here in America. But you know what? Shame on us again, because they have mobilized in a way that we don't. Did we mobilize like this for the border? No, my wife and I, we planned a border march. that was the largest I've seen happen in my lifetime, but not near the numbers of these Palestinian marches that they've got going on that the Democrats are supporting full-throatedly, okay? Did you show up in protest for the mandates Did you protest when they were forcing masks on kids at school? I know a lot of my audience did. But by and large, a larger group of people who knew it was wrong stayed home. They did not stand up. They did not use their voice. And we've got to look in the mirror. Because the left is effectively using the ability to organize, to destroy us in terms of the PR, the way people see things, the optics, to make people more afraid. Because here's the byproduct of it. When you have that many people out there, you send the signal, especially to young people, especially to impressionable people, that it is good and okay and publicly acceptable to be this way, okay? Which right now is pulling down the American flag in the middle of a busy city and screaming and shouting for the murdering of Jews. That's what's going on at these rallies, okay? On the flip side, if you're out there and there's tens of thousands of you in a city, and you are standing up for the sanctity of life, or you're standing up against mandates, or you're standing up against big pharma, or you're standing up against whatever issue it is, our overrun border maybe, suddenly it becomes more publicly acceptable for people to branch out and admit how they feel about that. So use the power of these things effectively. Organize something if you haven't before. Get your friends and family together, stand up for something, or you know what, just accept that invitation the next time that busybody in your area says, hey, I am planning a rally to stand up against this issue because you know what, that busybody is not just a busybody, there's somebody who deeply cares about their country and is afraid of what they're gonna leave for their children. The least you can do is show up. Support them in some way. You know, and among a lot of this bad news, um, I do want to share, you know, one thing that really, really made my day. Um, You know, Twitter just granted me today the ability to have subscribers. So you can now subscribe on X. Sorry, old habits die hard, not Twitter X. You can subscribe to me there. for the price of less than a coffee every month, you can subscribe and you help us in this fight because we're going to be producing documentaries and other content that costs money, and you're helping to continue that fight to end wokeness and to fight these radicals so that we can save this country for our children. So less than the price of a coffee once a month to subscribe and be a part of this fight. And the first subscriber, first person who replied was actually somebody who disagrees with me sometimes. And this message really touched my heart. This woman's name is Beth and she said, I just subscribed. I don't often agree with your outlook at times, but I get that we all see things differently. Most importantly, you actually helped me last year when you gifted me some of your followers money. I ended up being a recipient. I was on the verge of losing everything through no fault of my own. During that time, I was questioning whether or not I wanted to continue living. My life was that bad. Your gift showed me that even when people argue, there's still kindness. To be honest with you, I had forgotten about this. I've done quite a few giveaways um, on social media where I've said, you know, hey, um, 300,000 followers, let's celebrate. I'm going to give you know 300 bucks to you know however many people, and have done that to just help people honestly who are having a hard time with bills. It just seems like you know if I had the ability to do it, I was happy to do it. Um, and you just, you do something like that and sometimes you forget about it. You know, life, life moves fast. And I never thought about the consequences of kindness. Um, not in this way, at least. And this woman's tweet, it really got me thinking about the consequences of kindness. Simple kind acts. That's something within all of our power. It doesn't have to be $300. It can be any act of kindness. It can go a long way. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that sending some money... To somebody as part of a social media giveaway might have been the thing that stopped them from killing themselves. And so think about that. We have choices every day. You know, even even acts of kindness that, that don't seem like kindness when you first think about it, like that person who cuts you off tomorrow morning on your way to work, instead of beeping at them, have grace. Remember that people have a lot of stuff going on. Some horrible thing could have just happened and their head's not in the right place. They're angry for the wrong reasons and they're doing something stupid. And and just, just don't don't react angrily. Just take a deep breath. Let it go. You know, try to do the kind thing even when it's, especially when it's hard actually. Okay? There's times when we want to say things or react in a way that are filled with righteous emotion, honestly. And you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that. And you know, it's a good thing sometimes to use that, but there's other times where sometimes it's not righteous emotion. And righteous emotion can be a great thing, but when you have the other kind of emotion where it's just born out of, out of feeling hurt or whatever it is, and people bite as, as a result of it, you bite back at somebody. Um, that is within your control you can stop that and you can show kindness instead. And you can do it in other ways to perfect strangers. You know, to perfect strangers like Beth, you can just do a nice thing. And it might seem like it didn't mean something to anybody or that there wasn't some consequence to your kindness, but there is. There are other Beths out there who are at a low point where your small act of kindness might be the reason they don't kill themselves. And I think that's a beautiful thing, that our kindness has that type of power. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, what's going on with the Trump family. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. is a friend of mine, and I think he's a wonderful person. I think the world of him. I think he's a great, great guy. And I, I want to play you a video of him in court today, and we'll discuss it after the Trump Organization did not try to have this conspiracy to defraud banks and insurers uh, to get special rates on their properties by inflating those financial statements. Now, if you remember, Don Jr. was on the stand as a state's witness just about two weeks ago, and he distanced himself from being you know, one of the top heads of Trump Organization and preparing those financial statements. So when he takes this... So first of all, I hope you saw what I was trying to display there, and it wasn't the jabbering of the CNN analysts who don't know anything and are just parroting the lies of the people who tell them what to say it was the fact that you start with Donald Trump Jr. on camera and you see the camera go over and pan to Leticia James okay this woman is you can see very clearly an obsessive stalker okay It is so clear it's like you would have to be crazy not to see it this woman is obsessed with the Trump family and it is unhealthy okay the Democrats have essentially empowered a stalker with prosecutorial power over her victims the people she's obsessed with okay when you see that camera go over to her and she realizes she's on camera you see this big Cheshire cat grin on her face she is so happy about what's going on okay It is disgusting. By the way, this is a a case that, let's pretend it was, was a legit case, which it's not. This is totally bogus, but let's pretend this is a real estate civil fraud case. People in her position as AG do not show up to cases like that every day. She is showing up because this is a political prosecution. It's all based on BS. Anybody who knows real estate understands this is BS. I have talked to people who hate Trump beyond your wildest dreams of hating Trump, who have admitted, yeah, this is kind of bogus. I mean, the whole thing is about property values, and that's obviously something that changes from person to person, you know, and you've got different people going and and looking at it and assessing the value of it. You can come up with two wildly different values. If I hired four assessors right now to come and do an assessment of my home to see how much it's worth, I would get four different totals. If I told them nothing, in fact, if I told them that I had an offer for X amount, like let's say I told one I had an offer for, you know, an amount that was 500,000 more than the other. I would likely get my house assessed at a price that was around that price because that's, they work off of a system where they're trying to get loans done and things like that. None of it is very, um, you know, I don't like the way it works. I think it's it's, kind of strange, but it is the reality of how real estate works. So you can have totally different ideas of value from person to person, bank to bank and the banks had a duty a fiduciary duty to their shareholders to check whenever engaging in a large deal to ensure that what was being told to them was accurate okay and nobody raised a red flag in fact nobody lost money on these deals that's what's crazy okay nobody lost money on this they paid up the trump org paid their loans that's what's nuts, this is just searching for a crime that does not exist, okay? That's what the Democrats are doing. And again, you know, I think it's uh, it's worth mentioning the obsession, because that, that's really what's at the root of this is, is an obsession. And a lot of folks like this AG in New York that are on the Democratic side just have an obsession with the Trump family. Um, I do want to mention, you know, I saw a message before the show today, somebody asking if they couldn't subscribe on X, you know, how else could they support the show? Another way you can do that is go to bravebooks.us, get um, the children's book that I wrote. It's called uh, Puddins, Pirates and the Problem with Power. You can get that for your kids or grandkids this Christmas. um, And a portion of that goes on to helping the show. Um, Or you can go with Patriot Mobile to switch your phone service provider to Patriot Mobile. You get the same great service that you would at any major service provider. You can keep your phone, keep your phone number. You're just switching your service provider. And Patriot Mobile invests a little bit of that money every month they get from customers into the things we actually believe in. So instead of supporting woke causes by virtue of supporting one of these major corporations that engages in all the DEI and wokeness, you would now be supporting a cell phone company that is in alignment with our conservative beliefs and is helping flip school boards all across the country. They have shoveled hundreds of thousands of dollars into that very successfully. I can't tell you enough um, what a great idea it is to switch to them. Use promo code STARBUCK and you're gonna get free activation on your phone lines. And um, that's another way you can support the show because they are a supporter of the show. And the other way obviously is subscribe on X. You know, that's a cool new feature and that's a, that's a great way to support the show. Just go to my page on X and you'll see the subscribe button there and you can help support the show. Um, I do want to, we've got only a couple things left I want to uh, warn folks about. One of them is, um, actually we'll get to the warnings in a second. I want to talk about this story real quick. So I saw this from the New York Post. Some migrants are fed up and heading home because the American dream doesn't exist here anymore, okay. Um, and the subtext to this is a bunch of them are leaving Chicago because they got sent to Chicago and they didn't realize what a hellhole Chicago had turned into. So now they want to go back to Venezuela, okay. And this actually it it furthers and emboldens a point I've been making for a long time. I think that a lot of folks are sort of divorced from the reality of like what's going on in the world I have traveled all over the world okay I've had the um, you know blessing in my life to be able to do that and I can tell you right now let's take Mexico for example there are massive swaths of Mexico that are much safer than cities like Chicago okay massive swaths huge areas of land people can go live in that are much safer than living in Chicago okay that's just the reality Never could have been said 50 years ago. Okay, 50 years ago, that would have sounded ludicrous. It is absolutely the case now. El Salvador, a place synonymous with crime, now massively safe. Massively safe place. The vast majority of the country is safe. And you would be much safer living there than living in Chicago. Okay, think about that. Like they are a country legendary for how violent and horrible their gangs are and they are safer than chicago is and they've got a good president now who's throwing those monsters in prison so that's a good thing meanwhile chicago has a far-left crazy mayor who's digging that city somehow deeper into hell um our show tomorrow by the way is going to be a large part my case for why tucker carlson should be vice president of the united states in 2024 And I just want to point out that Tucker Carlson is in Spain right now helping these freedom fighters march in the streets against the socialist-communist coup that is going right now. I mean, underway right now in Spain, the communists and socialists are trying to stage a coup to take the country. And people who believe in freedom are in the streets, and Tucker Carlson is there standing by their side. The man is a world leader now. And I just wanted to point that out. Um, you know, I kind of jumped away from this for a second. But on that that note of Chicago crime, it's not just Chicago. This is big cities in general. This is from Washington, D.C., this photo you see. This is a CVS, okay? You know what's supposed to be on those those shelves? Take a look. Toilet paper is supposed to be there. Instead, you have to press a button to talk to an attendant to pick your toilet paper and they'll go to the back and get your toilet paper for you. Do you see these? These are framed pictures of toilet paper because they're so god-awful ridden with crime that they can't even have toilet paper on a shelf without it being stolen. So they have picture frames showing photos of toilet paper that you then push this button over here, this handy little button, just push that and then tell the attendant, hey, could I, get some, could I get some toilet paper, please? And they'll bring it out to you. I'm assuming you only get one, probably. They'll probably only bring you one just in case you're a thief anyways. This is the lunacy of left-wing cities. We started the show with the lunacy of it involving an 18-year-old young girl being murdered. But it is not just the victims of just horrific murder. It is also the victims of everyday Americans who can't live a normal life anymore. They're living like they live in Venezuela under a communist dictatorship where you can't even get toilet paper because crime is so out of control. This is the America the Democrats want and that's the reality of it. You know, I saw this today, wanted to bring this up. This was a criticism of Israel posted by this guy, Hassan Mafi who for some reason has a decent amount of followers on X and it has the quote, innocent Israeli civilians, okay? And it's two young women who've got guns strapped to them. My first thought is this, I'm not sure what he's criticizing because these young women, these young women just saw other Israeli women who look just like them being paraded in the back of trucks lifeless after being raped and murdered by Hamas what the hell do you think they're going to do they're going to try to protect themselves so they don't end up in the back of a Hamas truck as some sort of war trophy it seems pretty obvious to me and I I could assure you if I lived in Israel my daughters would be doing the same damn thing because they're not going to be the next victim of Hamas And honestly, if it was socially acceptable and there wasn't a million laws against it, I think you would see a large number of women here in the United States doing the exact same thing if it was socially acceptable. And this is now socially acceptable in Israel after what happened. Women are going to defend themselves. Because they saw what happens when women were not prepared to defend themselves. And it was horrific. So you can try to frame normal Israeli citizens as terrorists of some kind, but the reality is these are women who are prepared to stop an assault, a rape, or a murder of themselves at the hands of Hamas. Shouldn't be hard to understand. You know, the, the state of... Outrage from Middle Eastern countries is is something you know. It's something to behold because you know. Let's assume Israel has killed, let's say twenty thousand, which is way beyond the estimates people have out there. But let's just say it's twenty thousand. Okay, way beyond what anybody's estimated. That would still be a fraction of what these Middle Eastern leaders have done themselves. This is Syria. This video I'm about to play you in Syria. They killed 10 times that, okay, of their own Arab people, okay, watch this video. That's what they did to their own people, okay? And this isn't just Syria. This is all over the place in the Middle East. Um, I'm not buying the outrage from these countries. What it really is is that the, the things going on there provide an excuse for them to hate Jews more, okay? Which is sort of central and core to a lot of what's going on there. And so just for perspective, I want people to remember that whenever you see... You know, these Middle Eastern figures trying to act like they're virtuous in some way. None of them said a damn thing when Assad did that. In fact, many of them were supportive of Assad. Okay? So, you know, and I'm not saying that everything Assad did was horrific or whatever. I'm not casting even value judgments. We're not here to go over the the war and what happened in Aleppo or any of that stuff. Okay? We don't need to. We're not going into that right now. It's to make the point that no matter how you cut it, whether you think what he did was horrific, grotesque, dictatorial, or whether you think, oh, it was justified in some way. I don't think there's any justification for it, but let's pretend some people think that way. Doesn't matter, either way, he killed far more people, not even close, and there was no moral outrage from anybody in the Middle East, okay? I mean, it was very limited. Now those same people are all locking arms, you know, because it provided an opportunity for them to go after Israel, which all of them don't want Israel to exist, if we're being real, okay? That's, that's the reality of the Middle East. A bunch of those countries do not want Israel to exist. Fundamentally, they do not want it there. That's extinction. So, of course, there's going to be good people who stand up and say, no, that's, that's, that's not okay. Okay? But that is what Hamas did, is they provided this sort of excuse to those countries to be able to do that and further their hatred of Israel and the Jewish people, which is why, you know, I think you, you find so many people like myself are standing up and voicing that Israel does have the right to defend themselves. They do have the right to take down and destroy Hamas, you know, and I think that there's a way the world wants to make everything black and white. They want to make it, you know, yes or no. They don't want any nuance. And the truth is you're capable of nuance where you say, yes, they have that right to defend and dismantle Hamas. No, I'm not okay with indiscriminate killing of innocent children. Okay. That's not hard to do everybody should be able to do that but for some reason they think if you say that you're okay with israel going after dismantling and i mean dismantling hamas that you're somehow okay with with indiscriminate killing of every child in you know this area I mean it's insane but that's that's what they're trying to say is that if you believe in that right of defense you believe that other thing and that's just not the case. Nuance is allowed. People are allowed to have complex opinions. It's not even that complex. It should be pretty much a no-brainer but I guess to some of these people it is. Um, you know last thing for today is a warning. A warning of sorts I would say. This what I'm about to show you looks like to me the neocons greatest dream okay i mean it is an avenue to war with iran and killing president trump that's what this looks like to me so i'm going to play the video for y'all and we'll discuss real quick and go out and i'm sorry i didn't take calls today um we'll try to take calls tomorrow let's let's play this through this video was posted online by a channel affiliated with Iran's Revolutionary Guard. It vows to kill former American government officials, including President Trump, to avenge the 2020 U.S. assassination of the terrorism mastermind Qasem Soleimani. Threats like this have been deemed credible enough that several of these officials have been under round-the-clock protection. including. So, what do you think that means? Okay. If Iran, who, by the way, they did apparently, according to this report, try to hire a hitman to take out one government official, okay, that was in the Trump administration, if in fact they did this, if in fact they killed President Trump, what do you think the end result would be? Even the Biden administration would pretend we will defend an American president and they would go to war with Iran in two seconds flat, okay? They are lusting for a war with Iran, lusting for it. So like this, this is the perfect avenue in their mind to get that. So I would just say I think President Trump's security team needs to clamp down extra hard and make sure that there is no opportunity for any bad actor to do this because this looks like the deep state's dream. It looks like neocons dream. Honestly, frankly, it looks like Iran's dream too. You, You put that all together where all of them are dreaming about this. I don't like the way that looks, whether you love or hate President Trump, it really doesn't matter. You know that that's wrong and it would be a predicate to get us into a ground war in another Middle Eastern country. I don't want us doing that i don't want us in any more wars i don't want to send our 18 year olds to die in some sandbox over across the world where you know what there's probably going to be violence and war for thousands of years because there has been violence and war for thousands of years american exceptionalism is not going to be the thing that disabuses them of their desire for war and violence i hate to tell you okay i mean it's almost like an extension of this idea that Everybody's a winner, everybody's great, you all get a medal. The idea that like, oh, we're so great, we're gonna change everything in human history. These people have been fighting forever. They're going to be fighting forever probably. That's the most likely thing if you look back at history. I hope for peace, I say work toward peace, but understand the reality of the world and don't involve yourself in conflicts you had no involvement in, okay? I think that that should be the premise of our foreign policy. Don't go into these conflicts that our long-term historical generational conflicts and expect us to be the magic secret sauce to ending it. We should try to get peace, but we should not be putting boots on the ground in any of these countries or trying to bring democracy to them. They don't want it. Okay, look at Afghanistan. Instead of democracy, they chose the Taliban. Okay, let's get real here. How much blood did that cost us? How many young men had to die? Our men. I'm not even going to go into the innocent casualty numbers when it comes to like children in Afghanistan. Let's just, let's just go with our guys. How many of our guys, how much of their blood had to be spilled? For those people to just choose the Taliban. Okay. We should not be the quote democracy exporter. Let other countries do their business where they want to elect the people they want to elect, however they want to do that. They want a dictator, knock yourself out, okay? It is not our job to go police the world. I think that makes sense to most people I talk to. Frankly, I don't see very many people or talk to very many people where they're like, I really think we should be the world's police. We can barely manage our country, okay? We don't have enough police in our cities. 18 year olds are being slaughtered on our cities indiscriminately by men led out of prison by Democrat DAs. Not over in some other country. Let's take care of that first. We have millions of people coming over the border every day, a full on invasion. You know, not millions a day, but millions throughout the Biden administration. We're talking close to eight million people. That's our problem here in the US. So let's start caring about those problems first. And then maybe, Maybe we talk about other places, but I think we're going to have a hard enough time getting our own house in order. Thank you for joining the show today. We will see you guys soon. Try to enjoy your night with your families and have a good dinner. Bye guys.